Hey, my podcast family, welcome back to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. We're on self-control, and we're going to have two scriptures today, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible for both. Romans 12, the second verse reads, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Ephesians 6, the 12th chapter. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. I think these two scriptures serve as a good bookend for our study of self-control. Yes, we are concluding our study of self-control. And in reflecting in these two scriptures, I think they sum it up pretty nicely. First, there is no surprise that Paul concludes our study, being the prolific writer that he is, his letters to both the church in Rome and Ephesus continue to show his passion for encouraging, challenging, and equipping the body of Christ. For the body of believers in Rome, because of their inconsistency and their immaturity, he reminds them that they are to be a called out people, not to indulge and get caught up in the world around them. They are to be different, and that difference begins and ends with their mindset. Ouch. (laughs) For those of you who are familiar with Joyce Meyer, her ministry, she has a book entitled The Battlefield of the Mind, and rightfully so because that's where the enemy begins, our thoughts. He gets in and tries to make us believe that we aren't any different than the world, that we are unloved, unlovable, that God isn't real, to make us think that it's okay for us to do something when we're pretty confident that it's not. All of that is in our minds. So Paul challenges the church in Rome to change their mindset, to allow their mind to be consumed with God, with good things. And then as he's moving over to the church in Ephesus, where um, they are, are apparently under persecution and are trying to war against that persecution physically, versus spiritually he reminds them that the fight isn't in the spirit um the physical although it manifests itself that way no the spirit really is in the spirit well the, the battle really is excuse me in the spirit realm we fight against all of those things that paul outlined in ephesians all of those are rooted in, and grounded in a deep-seated evil mindset It is the mind or the heart. Remember, the Bible uses those interchangeably. So where you see the heart, it's the head, the heart, the same. Their hearts are corrupt. Corrupted by sin. And the enemy uses that. And therefore, their actions are sinister and evil. Our best defense is to remain on guard. To stay close in prayer. And to learn to live with discretion, to be deliberate in our actions and our words, to show restraint in our daily lives, not to give in to social culture, 
not to blend in of the world, but to stand out and be that light for God. If you are honest with yourself, don't most of your struggles start with what's in your heart, what's in your mind? That's why Paul tells us to think on things that are good. And then he tells us to hold our thoughts captive to Christ because he understood that the battle was between our two ears. The struggles that we face, that we, that we don't seem to want to put self-control on, it's in our minds. And I remember growing up where we used to say it's in your mind as if that was something that was easily um, to be corrected or a way of saying it doesn't really exist. That's all in your mind. But the reality is, if it's in your mind and you keep it there, it'll manifest itself in one way or another. So that's why we are to be mindful of the things that we watch and be careful of the company that we keep because it'll seep into our minds. We are to be on guard. We are. And we are to make sure that we do not conformed to the world but to be that set apart people and to recognize that the evil and the injustices and the things that we are seeing are rooted from an evil mindset now we're still supposed to take appropriate action right because they manifest themselves physically but understand where the root is coming from it's coming from that evil so self-control for us is learning to know your triggers and to stay clear of them if you can. You'll have to deny yourself, but it'll be worth it. The angst that you experience as a result of not walking in self-control will be gone and then you will have peace and you will be a shining light for the Lord to use. So that concludes self-control next episode I'll wrap up the fruit of the spirit and it'll be grand and so I look forward to seeing you then let's pray dear Lord we have come to the conclusion of another element of the fruit of the spirit actually the last element of the fruit of the spirit self-control and we thank you for giving us greater insight into how to walk into self-control and to why we walk into self-control. And so now that the listeners, we've all heard and learned about self-control, help us to walk in self-control. Because as we know better, you then expect us to do better. And so allow our lives to be reflective of the study of self-control today. As always, Lord, we give you the honor and the glory because it is what you deserve. Our meager attempts to bring worship and praise to you are meager, but still very much required. And so we offer up our lives to you, Lord, to do as you see fit, to help us in this season of caregiving, to take it one day at a time, trusting in you the entire way. We love you. We praise you. So much for being our God and for making a way when we can't see it ahead of us. Help us to continue 
to place our hand in yours and allow you to lead us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my podcast family, I will see you next episode. Go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.